to Tandem Cannon, the game review podcast where co-op play is canon and where player two needs to insert to join. This is episode 18, Co-op Personalities, where we'll talk about co-op and personality traits. This is Tiff. And this is Mia. So let's go straight into the Talk From Team Tandem. So what have you been up to, Miss Mia? So I finally finished Phoenix Wright. Yay! God, it took for fucking ever, but I finally <laughs> got it, finished the last case, and it felt really good to finish finally because it felt like it taken so long just to get to that point. But at the same time, I felt really sad because it's like, I got to the end. Like, there's no more cases and no more to explore. But I really like the direction of the last case and, and the direction that it took, and I learned a lot of really surprising things. So that was fun, and I'll have to be on the lookout for other games later down the line so i guess now i have homework for our next classic game fest i played the sims 4 yes and i tried out the gameplay with the new toddlers and they are oh my gosh they're so adorable but they are hell on wheels like it's kind of crazy because (laughs) once they age up you know they learn how to walk immediately so you don't have to do that whole oh let's teach them how to walk they come out the gate doing all that that's cool but depending on what traits you give them there's just holy terrors they get sad for the weirdest reasons like they'll be fine and all of a sudden i'm sad i want to start crying i'm like there's nothing wrong with you like like you just got fed you had a bath your diapers changed like i don't understand what the problem is and um they'll babble to you they'll babble to each other and it's adorable, but oh my gosh, like they're, you, oh, <laughs> they're definitely a challenge. And then I was telling Tiff before we started, my current sim that I'm playing with now, she ended up having three children. She had triplets and now they're all toddlers. And yeah, I don't think they're going to have any more kids after that or one anymore. <laughs> it's really fun. I like the new Pretty gameplay. <laughs> they have new interactions and the children, they're, they're very cute. Once they learn how to talk a little bit, it makes things a lot easier because now they can communicate with other Sims about what their needs are and it's easier for them. But man, before that, oof. And then I'm just continuing with Persona <laughs> 4. I, I haven't really gotten too much farther in, but just where I am right now, I've been playing this game for 45 hours. That's probably the longest game I've ever played outside wow. of the Mass Effect trilogy. And I don't even know how long this game lasts, but I'm still in August right now. So I think I have quite a chunk to go. <laughs> so I have a, a deadline. And I'm going to try to stick to it, but I can't make promises. And then I was watching some footage on Yakuza 0 that has uh, recently come out. So it looks really interesting and it looks just weird. Like if there was ever a game that was like, this is the most Japanese game ever, I would feel like Yakuza is it. Because you have, you know, the main storyline, but then you have all this weird random shit that you can get into apparently like you can do phone sex there are weird videos that you can unlock like there's all sorts of weird hey stuff now that, and it reminds me a lot of sleeping dogs to a certain extent but just japan and everything that makes <laughs> japan awesome yet bizarre as fuck is pretty much encapsulated in this game and it takes place i think in the 80s i believe so that has a different dynamic in terms of technology but it looks really interesting so um i have yakuza 5 right now and i do plan on playing it at some point so yakuza bizarre as fuck just go ahead and put that as a tagline yeah. Now let's say Yakuza 5 now. Yakuza 0 is the latest installment. So Yakuza 5 was the last one. From what I've heard, it seems pretty good so far. It's just showcasing what makes Japan so great and yet so bizarre. So, but what did you get up to? Tomb Raider. <laughs> 
Um, I finally was able to do my catch-up of Tomb Raider. I actually put in my due diligence over the weekend and managed to get up to about like 35% of gameplay. I blazed through it. But I'm close to the end um, where Laura's about to get the Divine Source, which is pretty much the MacGuffin of the entire game right now. And so a lot of like plot twists and turns here and there, very action-packed. I'm like, oh, I've just had so many like bad bitch moments from Laura Croft. I am so totally enthralled with this character. She is so badass and I'm so happy to play with a female character that can bring it like that. She is awesome. So um, my girl Giddy's up for that. Also, there was a game recommended by our good friend Kevin named The Lady's Choice. All you girls or guys out there who likes playing Jane Austen novel-based games, this one is animated, something you can download, but you have so far three suitors. She just added another suitor back in December. So I'm not sure if there's going to be more or not. That'll be nice. It kind of reminds me of um, Regency Love, which is only available in the Apple Store. So I'm sorry, Mia. Um, <laughs> but the story is pretty good for all three suitors and stuff. So I would recommend that if you're ever in the romantic mood, that's a game to play. Also, in other news, the PlayStation Network had ran a sell. Oh my god, my wallet. So <laughs> but Mia, did you manage to buy anything for the Flash sell? Yeah, the only thing I bought... I was really good. I bought Valiant Hearts for uh, PlayStation 3. I've been wanting to play this game for a while, and it's really depressing, but it's set in World War One, and um, you are playing as different characters in theaters of war during World War One, and it's a puzzle platformer hybrid, and it's, it's pretty intense from the demos I saw. I want to say about two years back, so got that. I'm going to play that. At some point, <laughs> eventually, my poor library. Did you get anything, Tiff? Because I know they had a lot of the Tomb Raider games, uh, some of the older ones back on there, so. Yeah, and, like, the to- the Temple of Osiris already had. I think I got it for free at one time. So I bought three Telltale games. I bought the both seasons of The Walking Dead and also the Michonne one. Also, speaking of Sleeping Dogs, I bought the, the definitive version because someone had borrowed my copy of the game and forgot that they did not give it back. Essentially gone. Oh. So I got the defended version for five bucks. So nah, that's somewhat of a win-win. I mean, I still came out on top. And also, you don't know Jack Party Games or Jack Party Boxes was on sale too. Had the cool ones like Quiplash and Mystery Murder Party or something like that. Those games, of course, are always fun for groups. If you ever have a group party to play, those are games are great. There were so many games on sale that I either wanted, I would have bought if I had the wallet or the space on my PlayStations to get that. I hope everyone else was able to purchase something. They had quite a bit of stuff, so I was really, really surprised because it kind of came out of nowhere. So, like, yes, they're trolls. Bastards. I can't complain because a lot of the games I've been eyeing for the longest time especially when they had their sale over christmas a lot of the games that were sold now are a lot cheaper than those deals for christmas so so i guess it does pay the way mm-hmm. patience it really is a virtue i guess my hard drive is already letting me know that no nah, we're, we're filled to capacity we're, we're good let me delete <laughs> eventually i can't wait to get through those slur of games yeah so i guess on that note are you ready to level up Let's do it! Let's level up! So today's Tandem Topic Tea Time, we're going to be discussing co-op and personality. I guess, Tiff, our first question or point that we had to discuss was how or what does co-op play have to do with how you do things when you're gaming? So what are your thoughts on this? Um, Well, essentially, 
got to thinking about a lot of things. And when it came to, especially co-op, especially back in the day when you only had the choice of being either player one or player two, generally... It kind of left you a little bit to be desired or really gung-ho about the idea, especially if you were the oldest like my brother was and you were always player one. So essentially, like, I got to thinking because, like, a lot of people, unfortunately, you being player one or player two is really just a personality. You chose these things. Sometimes we will switch back and forth between us. We'll switch between who plays number one and number two or army of two. We sometimes switch back and forth, too. But, of course, like, you sometimes, me, will default playing Rios instead of Salem on the regular army of two so when it comes to classic player one player two options i mean like this is basic mario luigi basic classic generally player one gets a lot more perks than player two does of course player one is always centered around the most famous person of the franchise i.e mario in this case then mr player two mr luigi I guess player one comes with like that sense of more fame a little bit. Hmm. Want to be known, want to be shown. So maybe that's something that you personally like. You always like to be the leader. And of course, the leader comes with certain perks. You are always given certain kinds of commands, kind of like with the Warriors. You have certain commands, like when you lead the group out in the Warriors, it's always player number one that got to tell the group mayhem or go fight or hold up. The same thing with Tom Clancy games too, because I remember in Las Vegas, you gave commands too. And also... You know how, like, sometimes when you will play when it's just the two of you, and it's always player one that gets to choose all the settings? Like, player two never gets to choose anything. It seems like player one gets more of the perk of everything. Mm. And even in, like, Future Soldier, when you play as Kozak, he was the one who got the drone. Even though he was not essentially the leader, but Kozak got all the cool toys and the cutscenes and everything. Practically, a lot of the stuff was evolved around him. But essentially, like, player one still had more perks, more things to do than any one of the rest of the group does. Mm. Um, and, of course, like, with player one also, it comes with the perks of going first. You get to choose first. If you're playing like Street Fighter and you wanted Chun-Li with her blue outfit, you're going to choose that, but player two gets to get the red Chun-Li. I guess that comes with the expectation since player one is already predestined to be in case like player two is non-existent, it's supposed to evolve that way. So I guess in that case, you have no choice, but it makes me wonder how that aspect would be for games that really do revolve around you having a co-op player with you. Mm -hmm. Like, why hasn't that ever been equal before? beforehand i guess because most games were supposed to be player one designated and that's it Mm, i don't know that's a good question i guess because maybe the expectation is that you could still even if you don't have someone to play co-op with you you would still be able to function with all of your your stuff intact you don't have to worry about having to switch back and forth between characters i don't know i don't know if i'm answering that the right way exactly i kept thinking like functionality just because in case you don't have a buddy to play co-op with then you can still continue with your game without having to worry about not having the resources you need to move on or move forward i guess right but i guess like it also depend on whether or not you have ai that's capable of doing that because i know like a lot of games like if you play with co-op it's fine with actually has a brain but some ais do not function the way they should have especially people's different playing styles it doesn't acquiesce to what you need at the time so a lot of times like people find themselves floundering playing with a designated ai in the game that hinders more than helps really like they don't respond as well as um, 
a regular human being that's mm-hmm. actually working with you if they are of that mindset where they're willing to work with you rather than against you or that sort of thing because I think that plays a role in that too. Right. I guess also it comes with the responsibility of being first player. You get to designate a lot of things. I keep thinking about a lot of things especially when it comes to Army of Two and I remember like when you have the in Army Two 40th day you have a lot of those choices you have to make concerning people's lives. Now a lot of these things of course is to solely in the leader's hands of course like in that game you can pick whether it's Rios or Salem to be the leader of the team but essentially like the person who is number one gets to push that button so you can say it's one choice but they're totally thinking something else it's like no I'm gonna let this child pick up this gun and then and then what mm-hmm. just totally fuck, fuck up the rest of your feelings for the rest of the game so being player one you essentially may like it because it gives you that power you're kind of born for leadership you like being the leader in um, a player one designated role especially since with that it comes with great power and responsibility if you're leading a group of soldiers out in the field they are your responsibility and you want to make sure that they get home safe and i know this is not but also like you kind of feel that way in mass effect don't you mean like even though mm-hmm. they're ai associated you still want to be a good leader and get them back in one piece yeah especially so. if i've taken the time to recruit them and gain their loyalty and all that stuff it's like i might not like them but you know i'm gonna do what i can to make sure they come home if at all possible yeah right because it's like it's also like an investment i already took the time to cultivate like piece together your armor make sure that you're up to date on everything before we go out and go out of the field so it's almost like i'm it's probably my responsibility that I need to get you back safely, but you know, it's not my fault. You don't know how to handle a gun. So, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe you need to go back to basic training. Also, the perks of being a first player is that it's always first come, first serve. If you're a first player, you get first pick of a lot of things. So, it's like, it's like being the firstborn child. You get the first clothes, but everyone else gets hand me down. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's practically what it is. I didn't have that, but. <laughs> and also, you like being the first players because you like to have full control of the situation. And like we were saying before, we had to make sure that everything is controllable for you to get from point A to point B. So I guess with that, you have to be somewhat of a little bit of a, a controller of your destiny, essentially, to get through a seat. Mm. So maybe plastic player ones might be just a little bit of a control freak. I am so kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's probably just the reason why, like some people just have the head for leadership in a player one setting. So that's probably just why they just can take the role so much better than someone who's not like a player two. Mm. Let's get into what makes a player two player two or why you might like player two. Me, you want to start off? Yeah. So obviously player twos, <laughs> I feel like with the player two, they play <laughs> more of a support role. And I don't know if it necessarily means that that's the type of role that you like, but just either just by default, like maybe yeah. there are people that are so used to being player one that they don't even think about it. It's just a, a, a natural thing. But of course, you know, especially with older games, if you were player two, you kind of had to wait your turn to kind of do the thing yeah. and play and everything. So like, for example, Luigi, I keep thinking of like the early Mario games and um, they're just... Because that's the most that people know and remember. Yeah. And then, you know, just kind of tagging along and helping with player one i don't know if i'm saying this right because yeah I, I i don't know but with player two their choices are more restrictive or they don't have that same sort of freedom as the leader does just because they are kind of at the mercy of whatever right. is available like the leader has like all these different yep. capabilities and controls and whatnot but 
with player two, you're just kind of at the mercy of whatever you have on hand. And if you have a good person as your player one character who's they're selfless and they're kind and they're willing to work with you and work as a team, then it's not a problem at all and you don't really think about it. But I feel like with the benefits of being a player two character, you kind of learn from the mistakes that player one has made if you're watching them and you're having to take separate turns like if you're playing older games or as a player two character you might have a different perspective than what the player one character has because there might be capabilities that you have that player one doesn't have and for some reason i keep thinking of Mass Effect, even though it's not a co-op game but i keep thinking in terms of shepherd and her squad mates shepherd has depending on what class you play as she has a specific skill set and the teammates that you have either can complement or supplement Mm -hmm. whatever she has and i feel like that's the dynamic ideally that a good co-op team has so as a player two you you should be able to either complement player one or supplement them so that way you have a well-rounded team you can take on a variety of enemies and you can work together to make things happen and so if you prefer not necessarily being in the lead and having to deal with all these different decisions and gadgets maybe a player two might be your speed it doesn't mean that you're like a poor gamer or a bad person or anything like that or you just don't don't like leadership but you know maybe you still want to be involved and help out but you don't really you don't feel the need that you have to be in charge or the leader because there are some people that are they're, right. just, they're just happy to game they don't have to be in charge and, and all that they just want to be here and have a good time so right. like, if you don't feel like you need exactly. that, that that pressure of being first or it might be a better fit for you and so i think as long as you're willing to make sure that the goal is being met that you're completing your objectives and things are working well between you and your team then that's perfect if you feel like especially if you're right. uh, a newer gamer or there's a game that you're not really familiar with and you feel like you need a little bit more assistance with kind of learning the ropes of things or taking down enemies then player two there's there's totally nothing wrong with that i think you do end up learning a lot as a player two because there are different things that you bring to the table that maybe player one doesn't have or, or vice versa so yeah and like when it comes to player two a lot of times you can be going over to your buddy's house and you know this is the first time you played this game but they've played it like already a hundred times so they're pretty much already in that player one motif of commander mode they've already done this so player two is more like also be like the <laughs> the training wheel sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean just completely suck at everything you do regarding gaming but sometimes it's just a supplement that and support that player one needs so in the time of need mm-hmm. Yay. so jumping off that point how do you feel like co-op has changed over time in a way that it keeps a wide range of personalities and, and people engaged because especially if you have the people that really love to lead and they like being the first player versus the people who are just glad to play and play a support role do you feel like there's been a change in that regard in terms of co-op i think so because a lot of it has expanded beyond what we had known 20 years ago or or 30 years ago when we grew up because a lot of things are no longer either just you know turn-based 
you go, I go gameplay regarding like versus mode where you're just beating the shit out on each other in Mortal Kombat. It's something different than this than it was like 20 years ago. And so now we have countless things of like multiplayer. Multiplayer has taken off. And of course, multiplayer can mean different things. It doesn't necessarily mean like a designated couch co-op kind of play, but it kind of expands your universe to where now you have more people than two people. Eight, you have 14, 20. You have so much more people that bring different things to the to a game especially if you're playing games like call of duty or battlefield you definitely have more people bringing their skills to the field that if there's something that they can do they bring that twofold to make up what you don't have so i think it definitely has evolved and especially since a lot of times a lot of these games now are thriving off of team success so now a lot of games seem to be wanting to even if it is just your eight versus another team's eight it's still with the common goal of your team winning in some regards so it's definitely involved more into, I guess, like a go team go kind of atmosphere now than it was a long time ago when the platforms just could not support all of that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like that new teammanship that's coming about with expanding how many people you can have on your team. I agree. And um, I, I like the new formats nowadays with stuff like Team Fortress and Overwatch and whatnot, because now it's not just about one person it's not about oh i'm the leader i'm in charge but you have to work together in order right. to really succeed like yeah you might get the most kills and you might get the most right. whatever but it doesn't really mean much if you're not being able to get your objectives with the rest of your team and so with this new batch of games that are coming out now it's not just all about player one being top dog anymore and i think with stuff like Overwatch and and whatnot, you have a wide variety of of characters that can fit both your personality type and your play style. And I think it makes the team much stronger because that way you truly are playing to your own individual Mm -hmm. strengths. Like there are people from my own experience that like to be healers and they feel like they've found a niche Mm -hmm. playing like Mercy or, or Zenyatta or Lucio. And that's that's the only character that they play with and they are amazing at what they do because they help keep us alive and you know i've seen on many many different occasions where everybody's like i'm gonna pick a tank i'm gonna pick this person but it's like pulling teeth to get someone (laughs) to play as a healer and so when they do come along and they're not only stellar at it but they like playing as that character like you feel like you found something special and it makes for a much more well-rounded team and i feel like you're more successful because you have a wide range of people and luckily overwatch will tell you we don't have this type of character you don't have this type and it's telling you about your weaknesses up front which is good and then like you have stuff like star wars battlefront where you get to pick your type of soldier if you're going to be a regular soldier if you're a sniper you uh, a demolition specialist even on borderlands or a creepy emperor too yeah Um, (laughs) but like even on borderlands playing co-op you have you know four different people with four completely different play styles and like i said a couple of episodes ago playing mordecai was like playing with my soulmate because i felt like i finally found a character that fit exactly my play style and that's when we actually were he was perfect and it was a perfect fit and then like mario kart for example that's another example but people pick whoever they want to you don't have to feel like oh i have to be mario to be good Mm -hmm. they can pick whoever they want everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses and it works out for the best so 
I think that's what I do like very much about the recent rash of games that have been coming out that are are geared toward like multiplayer and team-based multiplayer co-op. I really like those games and the types of teamwork they promote. I feel like you are rewarded a lot more for working together rather than just you know, trying to be the star and top dog and all that, it doesn't really work as right. well in your favor. So, And I like that, like, not everything, you know, is the same thing. It's not stamped, like, these four characters, kind of like on Little Big Planet, as much as I do love playing Little Big Planet, there's no difference between your sack boy and your friend's sack boy, besides for your clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, nothing else is different, but everyone's strength is the same. It just depends on the person's, the only difference is the person's, versatility and gameplay that's the only difference between the two but if you have characters that have these set parameters of like what their character strength and everything else and if it is something you identify with then maybe that's what makes the team so much more dynamic and it's not the same it's kind of like what different ingredients can we add to this pot and what stew can, can it make that's what essentially i like about these new characters is that they're not running mill. a lot of times before i keep going back to mario brothers between mario and luigi the first game they were practically the same but it wasn't until like number two where luigi can jump higher or princess toadstool could float a little bit more and none of the other characters can do that therefore you start seeing like the shift of when everyone was starting to do something different you know (laughs) when they start to make everyone a little bit more dynamic so i'm kind of glad that they decided to take that aspect mold it for different people's needs i am good with this change of co-op Mm-hmm. <laughs> it definitely shakes it up and makes things so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's about people working together toward the same goal. I feel like it's a much more enriching experience because, yeah, you are competing against other mm-hmm. people or AI or whoever it is. But even still, and I keep thinking of Overwatch because that's like the most recent example for me. But even if you're not the mm-hmm. person dealing the most damage, they notice when you've healed a certain amount of people. They notice when you've done port kills and whatnot. And so it does still acknowledge your accomplishments and your teammates can acknowledge those accomplishments, even if you're not the main one front and center running Mm -hmm. and gunning, which I think is really cool. People that really (laughs) do like competition and really like being the best and everything, I think that's a kind of a hard pill to swallow. Like they're trying to get that play of the game and do that. But I think if, Mm -hmm. if you're Going into it with a good mindset that you don't have to be number one as long as your team is is working together. That sort of that individualism versus collectivism thing. If you're more of an individual, you care more about standing on your own two feet, then clearly you're more of a a player one type. And, you know, you have to kind of adjust your (laughs) expectations accordingly because it's not your way of thinking. Yeah, it's not just about you. It's about the good of the team. And if you can't really do that, then it may not be your cup of tea. A lot of times when it came to competition or doing things as a team, it just depends on the teammates, too. Because mm-hmm. I remember when we were playing Red Dead Redemption and we had people when we were trying to do these team missions and we had to get on this wagon, but the dude kept shooting our horses. Oh, that not cool. Shit. Like that was the first time that we were trying to complete this. Now, I'm sure that he's already played this like three million times through. But I'm like, that was the first time we were trying to do this. And he was deliberately sabotaging so if you have someone that's not on the same mind frame as you are like if that dude was on another team of people who just wanted the clown do whatever you want but for those like if you don't have teammates that are completely meshed and totally in compliance with what you want to do and accomplish then i can see like where that can be a little bit of an uphill battle but a lot of times you do get those teammates that you completely gel with so 
Mm-hmm. I agree. On that note, should we move on to our Wheel of Random Tandem? Let's do that! Yay! Woo! Okay, for today's Wheel of Random Tandem, let's choose our favorite Player 2 character. So, Tiff, would you like to start us off? Who is your favorite Player 2 character? Mine's a weird choice. Um, I will have to choose... I have to do a special shout-out to Elliot Salem. Now, this is Army of Two and Army of Two 40th Day, Salem. <laughs> now, I'm glad Nolan North to do the voice of Salem in Army of Two, the second game, because Army of Two won Salem, sounded too, too much like a frat boy to us. So it was a nice dynamic change, but despite that Salem is money-grubbing, likes to party kind of personality to Rios's conspiracies, thought logic, but I thought he was a great foil. Like, him and Rios like to, you know, gel and, and have their bromance, so it's kind of nice to have that second dynamic that helped build the team so well until you get to that third game, but we've already since discussed that. So, <laughs> but yeah, definitely Salem for me was my player two choice of awesome. So what about you? Oh gosh, this is difficult, but I have to say Luigi just because he's been so overlooked in not i wouldn't say the nintendo (laughs) fandom but i feel like luigi has been kind of like taken for granted all this time until you got like the the dark luigi memes a couple years ago with with, like (laughs) the evil death oh that death scare um (laughs) i love that i got a t-shirt that (laughs) he started off as just oh this is player number two this is mario's brother but as the mario games grew in scope not only did he get his own voice actors but now he he started to get his own storylines and games like luigi's mansion and whatnot and so it's really cool to see that this goofy little plumber guy (laughs) who's like the younger brother of mario and all that Mm -hmm. um for him to they've carved out his own identity and he's kind of perceived as like this good natured kind of scaredy cat but he's awesome he's a badass he can still do awesome things and i think he just doesn't give enough credit and plus that death stare is just iconic if there was everything that was the the best use of side eye i've ever seen in my life (laughs) and what this means that everybody apparently in this game does it i do have to ask is it mario for you or luigi Dun dun dun. For me or for people in general? Well, for both, but mainly for you this time. Um, I have to go with Luigi. Just because, like, I feel like there's so much that we don't know about him still. <laughs> and if that death stare is any indication, like, he's a badass. Like, there's, he's, <laughs> like, he, he has a serious backhand. I'm pretty sure that he'll knock the shit out of you. Like, I don't know. It's always those quiet ones that, I, I agree. The mysterious ones that will, will deck you in your face if you look at them funny. And that death stare Agreed. says to some unspoken rage that might be under that surface there. So I don't know, but. Yeah, what about you? Like I said, approved by the t-shirt. It's Luigi for me all the way. And I guess it's because of just early early child development. Having to go and be second player to my brother, it was always Luigi with me, even though I did not have the skills to play Mario Brothers like he did. But I definitely love Luigi because I always love the underdog anyway. Mm-hmm. And Luigi was definitely that. So I was extremely happy to have him and see him coming to his own of late. Especially like he got in his own about like a couple years back 
when the death stare had happened, so <laughs> Luigi was doing the damn thing. I know that anyone who's been out there and watched Game Theorist, he had done a couple of clips already about Luigi, but I think the latest one was practically holding out and being like the richest man in the Mushroom Kingdom. Just saying, it's probably true. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to save up enough money so he can send Waluigi because that dude needs to go. Yeah, I'm like, you've worn out your welcome. You need to go. Bye. Just just move on. Please but, do. Yeah. So, Please do. Yeah, Luigi's awesome and he, he deserves a lot more love. I don't know if Death Battle has done anything with Luigi yet. I need to go back and watch some of their old episodes, but I would love to see him throw down. <laughs> Not in, in like... In- Super Smash Brothers mode, but I want to see him kick someone's ass and use the death stare to full effect. So I think he did. I think he might have. No, because I keep thinking whether or not he went against Tails. Because I know Mario went against Sonic. And mm. I think he lost against Sonic. Damn. But I think Luigi might have gone against Tails. And it's been a minute since I've watched uh, since I splurged on Death Battle. Yeah, um, for Luigi. Yeah, I, I think I think he got spanked. Poor Luigi. So, let us move on to final thoughts. So, if you have not done so already, continue fussing at you until you follow us. We're on Twitter, (laughs) Tumblr, (laughs) Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And uh, we also post updates on our website, too. So, you have no excuses. You need to follow, like, subscribe, comment, whatever. So, that way you're getting all of our wonderful updates and find out all the weird things that are going to be going on with us in the next couple of weeks, like this whole convention season coming up. So yeah. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do the thing. Yeah. So yes, do all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Also our off topics. Oh, that look right. We finally got all of our off topics up and loaded for the most part. So if you have not heard Assassin's Creed, especially the Assassin's Creed Jesus, you need to go and do the <laughs> shit. Do it. <laughs> do that. It's just, it's just, just an epic, like, 15 seconds of goodness. You, you won't regret it. And so, we got that. And soon we'll probably have one for Pac South coming too to be uploaded to the YouTubes. You got some special shout out? This week, we would like to thank Greenery09 on Twitter for following us. Welcome aboard. I hope we don't scare you off with our, our goofiness, but welcome. And then we have Too to late. give, <laughs> and then we have to give a special shout out to Twyach, especially Mr. Kevin Bradley. He is amazing and he's so nice and he's been mm. on us about trying to do overwatch uh co-op plays together yeah. and i'm so yes. sorry kevin we're, we're trying to work it out yeah we we're just... trying to do the thing let's get through tomb raider <laughs> let, let me get through for some more uh, for a minute we... but definitely after pack south yeah but we wanted to give him another shout out because they're both patrick and kevin they're awesome people they have their own podcast and they talk about some really amazing stuff and their twitter is hilarious so if you are not following them you need to uh <laughs> you will not regret it and they come out with a lot more timely information than we do i think they post every week as opposed to us where we post every two weeks so yeah shout out to you guys for being amazing and yes we will be doing overwatch soon i promise yes promise we're pinky swearing and then last but not least of course we have our convention hopping coming up we're going to be at pack south this weekend and we'll be posting information soon and then all con march 16th through the 19th we got our tickets we're set to go and i cannot wait to get in the middle of this nerdum i'm ready and then dallas fan expo march 31st Mm -hmm. through april 2nd so if you're going to be attending if you have not heard stan lee will be making his last appearance at dallas fan expo so yeah 
definitely go out and and see him if you get a chance. We saw him a little bit last year from afar, and it was kind of a weird, very surreal experience. So we hope to see you guys there. So yeah. Yeah, as I get shooed off the camera, ma'am, you're not supposed to be taking pictures. (laughs) Okay, but I still got to see at least, so... It's not like you're going to take my card away and just totally smash it. No, I got my Stanley close up. So, <laughs> too bad. So, we will let you guys know about the awesome activities of Pax Health next time. And so, everyone have an awesome couple weeks, and we will see you next time. See you next time. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Bye bye.